the weekly podcast update from MedTech Insight. I'm editor Reed Miller, and with me today is editor Marion Webb and our UK-based reporter Barnaby Pickering. So Marion, last week you attended your first live conference since the start of the pandemic, the annual American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons conference. What was that like? Well, it was very exciting to finally be back uh, to see people in person again and have that face-to-face interaction, mind you, with protective masks for the most part, as we're sadly still in the midst of this pandemic. That said, I thought it was a great event, and I was able to meet with several exhibitors who showed their latest product offerings or made product launches and announcements, and I also listened to some interesting presentations in the Tech Talk section. So what stood out to you? This year was again dominated by the continued digitization of the surgery ecosystem and several of the biggest meta companies in that space showcased offerings that speak to the move to leverage data and digital tools preoperatively, such as to optimize pre-planning of surgery and interoperatively via the use of robotics, but also navigation and immersive technologies and then post-operatively as well, such as using sensors to remotely monitor patients throughout their rehabilitation process. So you published a story uh, based on your top tweets from the exhibit hall. What were some of the highlights? Yes, so there were several, um, but I'm going to mention just a few here. So for instance, I met with Stryker. Um, They demoed its new in-space biodegradable implantable balloon to help reduce friction without actually using fixation devices or sutures for rotate or cuff repair. Stryker actually acquired that technology through its acquisition of Israeli-based orthospace in 2019. And with the new FDA clearance, which they received in July for InSpace, uh, they're just now conducting first cases here in the U.S., The company also demoed its mixed reality visualization system that's also used in a pilot study right now. I also had a chance to meet with Simo Biomed and they demoed its suite of connected digital and robotic technologies. They were off to a good start actually to this conference with the FDA de novo classification to market the first smart implant for total knee replacement. The Persona IQ, which was also very much uh, showcased at this conference, Um, Zimmer Biomed developed this uh, sensor implant with its partner Canary Medical, which in turn developed the sensor-based technology that will leverage the real-world post-surgical patient data for the care team and patients. Zimmer Biomed also received a FDA 510K clearance for the Rosa Hip System for robotic-assisted direct interior total hip replacement, which will compete against Stryker's Mako robotic system, among others. Okay, then you also visited with the C-suite of BioVentus and Think Surgical. What did they ask? Yes. Thank you, Reed. So I spoke with Ken Reali, who is the CEO of BioVentus. His focus at AOS was to showcase the company's stim router, an external stimulator to treat post-surgical pain in particular. And his message to orthopedic surgeons there was that the stim router peripheral nerve stimulator is the ideal option to treat post-surgical pain in place of opioids, which we all know has erupted into a major crisis, the opioid crisis. BioVentus also demoed its next-generation Talisman PNS system, which, if cleared by the FDA, will become the first fully implantable PNS device here in the U.S. I also met with Paul Weiner, who is the CFO of Think Surgical, 
and they developed the only active robot and only open implant on the market today. The system, the second generation T-Solution 1 total knee application, as it's called, uh, was demoed throughout the conference by two orthopedic surgeons who performed the first surgeries with this robot. And the company certainly has big plans moving forward. Thanks for that overview, Marian. I know you'll be working on a couple more follow-up stories based on your time at AOS in San Diego. So let's move to Barnaby now. So this week you wrote a story about Alstone Medical, a company uh, that was actually a um, military tech company, I believe, that pioneering a new type of diagnostic. So what are they up to? So Alstone Medical, which is a spin-off of Alstone, the defense company you mentioned, have developed what they call breath biopsy. Breath biopsy relies on the simple principle that when you breathe out, more than just air and some water vapor is expelled. Inside the breath, there are thousands of volatile organic compounds known as VOCs and other substances held within respiratory droplets. The idea is that by identifying and quantifying these, there could be some diagnostic potential. So how do they link these VOCs to disease? Currently, it's really hard to do. The CEO of Alstone Medical, Billy Boyle, explained that the current literature on exhaled biomarkers isn't currently too strong. And as a result, the company is sending its devices to clinical trials in order to gather more data. The company is also looking at more simple ways of diagnosing disease via the breath. Out of the VOCs, there are two subgroups, exogenous compounds and endogenous compounds. Endogenous compounds are made within the body, whereas exogenous compounds come from outside, typically through the diet. One example exogenous compound is limonene, which is commonly found in citrus fruit. Alstone found that patients with non-alcoholic stepiohepatitis, or NASH as it's known, do not process limonene effectively. This means that a significantly higher amount of it is exhaled upon the breath. Because limonene is a safe chemical and can be consumed in large amounts, this makes it a perfect tool for a method of diagnosis that is not only easy to perform, but cheap. So how far from reality is this technology? Pretty close. Al Stone is currently working on sponsoring its own clinical trials to identify biomarkers and is continuously working with third parties to identify more. Boyle also explained that the future diagnostic tool will be incredibly cheap to implement. He referred to low-dose CT scanning, which has a reimbursement rate of approximately $130 in most instances, saying that he believed the company could offer a price point below that. Okay, so you can read Marion's coverage of AOS and Barnaby's profile on Alstone. Thank you very much. And a lot more right now at MedicInsight.com. Right now, for example, we also have Barnaby's story that's based on an interview he did with the CEO of Stereotaxis about how that company is developing robotic catheter intervention technology and turned itself around after some rough years. I also wrote a piece about the CEO of Dexcom leaving to become the CEO of iRhythm. That's the remote monitoring company that's trying to get better reimbursement. And a bunch of M&A and financing news, including Marion's recent article on Zoll buying Itamar Medical. We also have a lot of regulatory news, uh, including the latest on the controversial MCIT rule that would provide automatic Medicare coverage for anything FDA has deemed to be a breakthrough. Uh, the industry would really like that rule, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon. You can read all about that. I also recommend everyone check out Marion's recent three-part overview of the future of surgery covering robotics and a lot more. That was what we profiled last week, so check out that 
three-part series. The archive of Device Week and the rest of Informa Pharma Intelligence's podcasts are all available on the Informa Pharma Intelligence channel on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Spotify Podcasts, and if you have a smart speaker on what, with one of these platforms, you can set it up to be your default podcast provider. You can see us on Twitter at medtech underscore insight. I'm at medtech read with two E's. Marianne is at medtech Marion, M-A-R-I-O-N. And Barnaby is at MedTech Barney. Thanks and have a good week. <laughs>